Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Not to have your girlfriend at work that you go have lunch with or your boyfriend at work that you go have lunch with. That's not it. It is a special kind of love. Both husband and wife are to be faithful. They are to be loyal, to be loving to one another. And where each one says, because we are one, I will put you first in all things. Are you married or do you have friends who are married? Do you think God wants his people to have happy marriages or miserable marriages? Well, the answer is obvious. The path to a happy marriage is not as obvious and in fact, may sound crazy to you. God desires marriages to be a mutually satisfying relationship where husbands and wives serve one another and the Lord. While this is a struggle for many marriages, a key is not to let your spouse's failures determine your following of Jesus. At the end of Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is speaking to husbands, but he is also helping wives understand how to get the husband their heart desires. To learn more about this, here's Pastor Jim. We are to begin to use our position for the sake of our wives and others and not ourselves. Instead of abandoning or abusing uh, your position by the power of the Holy Spirit, you use that position for love and for grace and for mercy. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So there's the motivation we are to love just as the Lord loves the church, for we, are all, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Now, we said last week that in the ancient world, a wife was like a piece of property to a man. You know, we read that passage from 1 Corinthians 7, and, you know, the guy would be sitting there and, and thinking, oh, yes, your, your body does belong to me. Did you hear that woman? Don't you forget that. And then, and then when the Apostle Paul said, and the, and, the, and the husband's body belongs to the wives, it was time to call 911. That, that meant no more girlfriends on the side, no more temple prostitutes, no, no more of any of that stuff that was going on in the Roman's empire, in the Roman Empire. So in the ancient world, the wife was like a piece of property, but in the New Testament, she is one with her husband. Now, we have to really try and grasp how countercultural this really was, and today still is in parts of the world. Not to mention the fact, and I just, you know, just call them as I see them. When I see them, I'm often looking in the mirror, that men tend to be more selfish. Have you noticed that, men? All the ladies are smiling. They're like, okay, I'm glad you said it, Pastor Jim. And, and we tend to consider our needs first. And it seems to me the Apostle Paul just assumes that here. It's like, if you love your wife, you love yourself. 
He, he doesn't, he, he's, he doesn't even going to rebuke it. He basically says this, instead of, instead of rebuking them on their behavior, he says this, look at Christ. And when you look at Christ and the way he is, let him change you. Since the church is the, the bride of Christ, it's almost like the Apostle Paul is saying, men, why don't you just take a moment and look at how Christ has treated you? And why don't you let that motivate you in the way you treat your wife? This, this kind of preaching here by pointing to Christ instead of, instead of the rebuke here is the perfect example of why I hate guilt-based preaching. I and as the years go by, the more I hate it. I love soul-searching preaching. I love it when, when people really challenge us to, to dig deep and to think deeply inside our souls at, at how we're thinking, how we're processing, how we're living, but not just purely making you feel guilty. You see, what happens with guilt-based preaching, uh, preaching, what does it do? It turns it all on you. It makes it all about you. And there's actually some people who think, if I feel bad enough, then God is happy. I mean, just think about that. Like, you're leaving church feeling awful, and God is like, well, good, I got him there. I'm so happy he feels bad. Feeling bad enough is not good enough. God wants to convict us of our sin, yes. But what he really wants to do, the apostles like, this is not what we do. In fact, you could read Paul's writing. In some cases, he wants no part of that at all. We don't want to just leave people in their guilt. He points the, to Christ and the way that he treats us so we are to all be motivated by grace. We are to look at Jesus Christ. We are to see the way that he treats us. We are to process that. And we are to simply to say this. That's what I want to be like. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be loving. I want to be caring. And you don't see Jesus forcing his will upon his bride, the church, do you? But yet you still see Jesus loving the church no matter her response. Sometimes you will hear wives say this, I would submit to my husband if he loved me more. Or you'll hear husbands say this, I would love my wife if she submitted to me more. I have two words for both of you. Number one, baloney. <laughs> baloney. Number two, that's disobedience. That is complete disobedience. Our spouse does not determine our following Jesus. Are we clear on that? I don't want to go too quick on that. Our spouse does not determine whether we follow Jesus or not. So here he's talking to men. So men, the picture is clear. We are to love as Christ loves, unconditionally and sacrificially. We are to take care of our wives as we would take care of ourselves. That means we are to get to know her. And you hear from a lot of guys all the time, they're frustrated. I don't understand my wife. She's just so different than me. And I'm always like, well, you're a dude, she's a chick. I mean, there you go. 
God made us different. That, that, that's why. That's why you, you loved that about her years ago, my friend. <laughs> but now it frustrates you. And so I'm being very nice because some of the guys who met with me in counseling, they know what I really say. And it's not pretty. And so what do you have to do? You have, you have a choice, men. You can spend your life being frustrated, getting to know your wife, or you can embrace and enjoy the process. Your choice. That is your choice. Another thing is you have to adjust to your wife's changes over the years. Quick survey, how many of you married more than 20 years? Mar married more than 20 years. Okay, look at a lot of you married more than 20 years. Your spouse is not the same person you married. 20 years, they changed. So you have a choice. You either adjust to the changes or you're frustrated. You know, probably you've mellowed out some. You're a lot easier to live with, guys, than you were before. Young guys, man, wound up so intense. Really, just kind of. Uh. And so we all have to. We did. We've met. We're now married to a different person, so we have to learn to make the adjustments. What the apostle Paul is getting at is that mutually satisfying relationships occur where husbands and wives serve one another and serve the Lord together. Now, that is not always the case. When we studied 1 Peter, we saw in chapter 3 that there was a whole section, a long section, just for wives who lived in such a situation that their instructions how to live with a man who was not following Jesus. Last week, we, we said, we saw wives, if you submit to your husband... And remember, we said people really are not sure what that means. If you submit to your husband, whatever that means, you might actually find that you end up with a husband you can respect. Because as he sees you being that loving wife, respecting him, as we'll talk about at the end, that, that you'll, you'll actually say, you know what? As I do that, he's actually becoming what I want. He's actually becoming what I need. God's no dummy. He knows the way he has wired us. Reminder, single sisters. Okay, do not marry a man that you do not respect. Do not marry a man thinking you're going to change him. Whenever I've said this before, I do, I do premarital, pre-engagements, and, 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 and the wife says, Oh, the, oh, the woman says, I don't like this about him. And I go, well, what if it doesn't change? Goes, oh, no, it will change. I'm like, well, that was not the question. <laughs> the question is, what if it doesn't change? I told you it will change, Pastor Jim. That was not the question. The question is, what if it doesn't change? And just as the Lord and his church are one, a husband and a wife to be are to be one. Now, I would say to you that that two sinners becoming one is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. However, I do believe with all of my heart if God commands it, it's possible. So it so it can be done. It's going to take a lifetime of work. 
It can be done. I think, I think I've seen it the most when I, when I watch like people walking in the park and they're both in their 90s and they're like walking, holding hands. I'm like, oh, that's what I want to be when I grow up. And, and so it, it, is, it is possible. And God said that the, the husband is the head. And I said, maybe that means responsibility, but that's the big debate. Nobody knows what it means. Wives, for some of you, it means that, yes, he is the head. He's a hard head. <laughs> Or he's a hothead. <laughs> or he's a thick head. But, but Paul's illustration here is that it's the head that makes the decision to care for the body. So men, loving your wife helps you become the man that God wants you to be. And this is something I will tell you. I, I, had, a, I had a rude awakening to this. I, I guess we were married about... 10 years maybe, and, and, and that I was not aware of some of the things that God was, was changing in me. And so I do have permission to tell this story. Years ago, we had a couple over for dinner over at our house before we lived up here. And uh, the wife was a Christian and the husband was not. And the best I can tell you is uh, he's a He's a real macho Italian guy. Uh, it was on the news in the 90s. He delivered a baby in the subway. <laughs> and uh, he, he was a soldier in um, Panama. He parachuted into Panama. And he was also in Gulf War I. And uh, he saw a lot of really, really brutal, really ugly, awful, awful things. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's got some things associated with that. And he has told me many times that that's the reason he can't believe in God, because of the things that he saw. So they're over our house for dinner, and I'm waiting for the ribbing on the Christianity to come. And as we're eating, he, he looks at my, my sweet, sweet wife, right? And, um, you know, I, those of you who don't know, I, I owned a trucking company, so my, my skin is fairly thick. And, and he looks at my sweet, sweet wife, and he says, uh, So, uh, Pam, you're a Christian, huh? And she goes, Yes. <laughs> And I'm thinking, okay, hopefully this is going to die here. And he says to her, do you believe that a wife should submit to her husband? <laughs> I gasped. I was like, no, not that question. And um, I was just about to rescue her. And my sweet, beloved wife stared him down. And looked him right in the eyes and said this. I have a husband who lives his whole life for his family and for other people. And once in a while, on rare occasions, when a guy like that wants something from me, why in the world would I ever say no. He was speechless. 
I was speechless. I didn't know what to do. I slipped her a hundred. I said, thanks, babe. <laughs> and that was the end of that conversation for that night. That night we got into bed and it was, um, you know, the lights were out and it was dark. And I said, um, and then we kissed each other goodnight. And I said, would you mind if I asked you a question? And she said, go ahead. And I said, you know when Sal was his name? I said, you know when Sal asked you that question? She said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, can I ask you a question about your answer? And she said, you don't even know that you're like that. I only tell you that because that's what the grace of God does in people's lives. That, that's what he does. I think I am the most selfish by far man I have ever met in my life. I don't know anybody who's as selfish as me. But for her to say that to me just shows me that, that even when I don't think much is going on, God is at work. Verse 31, he quotes Genesis 2.24, so he goes back to the very beginning of the Bible. He says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, this is a very, very important point and, and something, a place where a lot of uh, marriages really suffer. To leave your wife, men, doesn't mean that you change your address. That doesn't mean like, oh, I live in a different place now. I live in a house that has a girly touch to it now. <laughs> it's a new interior decorator. We got married. My wife was like, mm, I got to get a truck to move all my stuff. My wife's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you won't need a truck. <laughs> you can put that stuff out at the curb. <laughs> You're not bringing that stuff to our house. So, so it's, not just, it's not just a change of address. Genesis 2.24 is a profound statement on marriage. That, that a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to the woman that God has for him for the rest of his life till death do them part, and the two shall become one flesh. He's telling us that marriage is a divine relationship. Now, very interesting, if you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus, we're glad that you're here. You are most welcome. This is before church is in existence. This is before the Jews are in existence. Marriage is a divine ordinance for all people who are married. We are all bound by this. So what he's saying here is when you are to leave your mother and father, that means that the marriage relationship takes precedence over all relationships. My kids, I, I told them many times, at the end of the day, if Jesus loves me, your mother loves me, it was a good day. And they go, what about us? I go, you're not on the list. <laughs> I love you, and I want you to love me, and I'll always love you no matter what you do, but you're not on that list. That list is reserved for Jesus 
and your mother. Now, I realize that for some of your, in some of your families, this is not easy. Some of, some of your parents want to parent you continuously and always. And maybe you have to sit down and have a talk with them about Genesis 2.24. For some of you in the cultures you come from, this is very difficult. Your parents expect you to have more loyalty to them than to your spouse. Unbiblical. Not correct. The marriage relationship is to take priority overall. I have to say I had a very good example of that from my own parents. Pam and I got married and my parents were like, your wife is number one in your life. Even my mother tells me all the time. She says, listen, I know I'm your mother. I love you. You're my son. I'll love you forever. But listen, I know you love your wife and your kids more than you love me. That's just the way it goes. I get it. I get it. I'm not bitter about it. That's just the way that it goes. You know, I, I watch my daughter with, with her little boy, and, I, and I'm like, you don't Google Gaga me. <laughs> I, I just see that. And so that this, this marriage relationship is to take the priority. God in Genesis creates man and gives him a woman, and the man and the woman are joined. Some of your Bible versions say united. Literally, they are glued together. They are now one flesh. Now, some people think that only applies to sexually. That's just silly. That's just silly. This is a, a unification of the entire life of, of your mind, of your soul, of your spirit, of the essence of who you are. It is a, it is a, it is a mutual serving and satisfaction union formed by and blessed by God. Now, when we get to Matthew 19, Jesus is going to teach on this that the, the only biblical reason to end a marriage is infidelity or abandonment. Naturally, death ends it as well. And, and abandonment is very complex. Uh, that's why I always tell you my least favorite hallway conversation is when people walk up to me and go, good message. What's your opinion on divorce? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It is, it is one of the most difficult subjects to, to talk with people about because there are so many ins and outs. And we all know, and if you don't, you'll know in a second, nobody loves like Jesus loves. Nobody does. And, and sin makes marriage a struggle at times. That's why all of our marriages need the gospel. That's why we all need to come to God for complete forgiveness. And after we have repented before God and before our spouse, asking God for the, for the power by the of the Holy Spirit to be the spouse that he wants us to be. Now, God's vision for marriage is that a man and a woman a husband and wife are in an exclusive and permanent relationship. Exclusive. That, that not only physical, you're not to have your girlfriend at work that you go have lunch with or your boyfriend at work that you go have lunch with. That's not it. It is a special kind of love. Yeah.
Both husband and wife are to be faithful, they are to be loyal, to be loving to one another, and where each one says, because we are one, I will put you first in all things. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time.